good morning and welcome to this edition of the Modern Times Podcast. John on here with Karen Weil. Good morning. Um, special Tuesday edition, which we might make uh, uh, permanent. I kind of like the Tuesday. It gives us a chance to kind of get into the week. We had been starting on a Friday and then we kind of moved it to Monday. Um, I kind of like the Tuesday, but we'll see how it goes. But um, we kind of moved it this time and kind of worked that way because of the big presidential debate last night. Um, I know, as, as any of our listeners know, Karen and I really enjoy this political stuff. Um, we've been following it for a while, just personally and as journalists. Um, Karen, your first impressions of the presidential debate last night? Well, my first impressions, and um, I, I think it's this is fair to say that this was a really good night for Hillary Clinton and a terrible one for Donald Trump. Uh, he was rude. He interrupted her about, what, 50 times, 51 sure. times? Uh, he meandered quite a bit. The, the expression on his face most of the time was a scowl. <laughs> uh, just, just frankly, in my opinion, and I, the, the worst performance I've ever seen from a presidential candidate in any debate. Sure, he wasn't very uh, polished. Um, you know, somebody had talked about uh, how he seemed to get unnerved, or that he was the you know the pugilist who was going to come out, and how he you know he even at, at at some point he had he had bragged about how he didn't really prepare because he didn't have to. Uh, it seemed like correct. it came around to hurt him. Correct, and and I I think because the the mainstream cable news media. Uh, I'm going to be careful to generate to uh, separate them from the thousands of hardworking journalists out there who are doing a much better job of covering this election. But because the punditry class made this such a low bar for Trump, and he couldn't even hurl that, uh, is quite telling. Um, and it obvious, it's obvious that Clinton, who might have stumbled a few times, and she did, uh, but it's obviously she really prepared. And she was on, she looked focused, she had a few really good singers that you wouldn't have expected from her. Sure. Uh, so, I, over, I, I mean, even even in the Fox world, even people like Frank Lentz and, and some other detractors of Mrs. Clinton are acknowledging she won this hands down. Yeah, well, I mean, again, these are not fans of hers. Sure. So that's also telling. You know, and, and, and some wonks might see it that way, but the way the electorate seems to be shaping up and some of well, the discussions I saw last night also were that um, did it make, you know, change any minds? Did it take any any Republicans who just don't like Trump and, uh, and and turn them. And in the at least in the CNN focus group they did, I think, in Ohio, all the people that were voting for Trump but don't like him, I mean, there was a few that, that explicitly said, God, he made me nauseous. I can't believe it. But you know what? He's the conservative. He's the he's the guy who's on the right. And he's the guy I'm going to vote for. And so I guess, I guess, you know, that's part of it. Um, depending on how this fully shakes out, because I still think we're in the early days of this. We'll probably have another week where this will become solid on what the uh, uh, determining factor is, and also before we see some real polling on on, 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 what's, right. on what's moved things. But it does seem like, um, you know, what they've been talking about is that, that, that solidifying of the electorate, and that a lot of those, a lot of Republicans are staying there, which is why the race is staying so tight. Well, absolutely. Look, and, and conversely, Clinton supporters... Even if she had had the bad night, it's not going to change their mind either. What's going on here is that both camps are chasing the undecided, and there are a lot of undecideds in this election, and and that's where it really lies. It's not 
it's not with Republicans or Democrats. It's with more with independents and with those who just don't know who they're going to vote for at this point. Sure. Uh, so, and, and, you know, obviously some analysts have said that this overwhelmingly will help Clinton take a percentage of those. Will mm -hmm. it take all of them? Is it going to guarantee her the presidency? Sure. No. Right, right. But it's a, it, it's a start and it helps. Yeah. And, you know, and speaking back to what you said about, you know, not really seeing this in, in the history of presidential debates or politics, as far as you know it. Uh, and, and, and you've seen it. Um, there's some really uh, elementary school kind of uh, things going on, it seemed like, at this debate. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and you know, name-calling or just the way that you're trying to pull people out. And I guess it sh we really shouldn't be surprised. Um, it, it really was a hallmark of the way that Trump ran his uh, Republican, uh, you know, primary battle. Um, but it's, it still kind of manifested itself. Is that... Was was that most surprising to you that he still decided to go there, or was it that he um, still had a lack of concrete policy discussion? I would say definitely lack of concrete policy didn't help. And then this is something I've heard other analysts say about Trump. It seems after an hour or so, if, if you'd watch him in past debates during the Republican primary, he just seems to lose interest around an hour. He gets tired or he gets bored. No one knows. That's that's <laughs> in his mind, and, and only he could explain that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you can start seeing that. And, and then the way he reacts and how he answers things. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, it's just, it, it shows someone who really doesn't have either the attention span, candidly. Now, he may surprise us in following debates. Uh, and uh, and and be and prove otherwise. Mm -hmm. But it, what it shows to me is somebody again who simply does not have the attention span to handle one of these things. Uh, yeah, and you know, is, and for all her flaws as a excuse me, I'm sorry. For all her flaws as a candidate, and there are certainly many. Uh, it's why you know she's probably not doing better. But she is very good in the debate arena. And and one thing that was overlooked during the primary with her and Bernie Sanders, is that she did very well in those debates with Sanders, even if the passion, I suppose, of the Democratic base may was on his side. Sure. And I, I just think that, frankly, Trump's people, that they didn't take that into consideration is negligent at, at worst. I mean, again, this is a guy who hired Roger Ailes, the supposed great guru for Republican candidates. Sure. Well, if I were him, I'd be shopping around for someone else because, again, this was a terrible night for Donald Trump. There's just no other way around it. Um, let's go to a clip um, and, sure. and, and, and to try to play that up maybe a little bit and, and illustrate the point uh, here. Right. Um, and this is where um, he's, you know, he's been calling her crooked Hillary for months. Um, and then uh, on the debate stage last night, he tried to clarify what he was going to, you know, how he was going to address her. Um, here we go. Okay. Fair is to uh, Secretary Clinton. Yes. Is that okay? Good. I want you to be very happy. It's very important to me. But in all fairness to Secretary Clinton, when she started talking about this, it was really very recently. She's been doing this for 30 years. And why hasn't she made the agreements better? The NAFTA agreement is defective just because of the tax and many other reasons, but just because of the tax. Let me interrupt. So, you know, right off, he's playing the... Uh, 
the Secretary Clinton game, um, which, of course, he yeah. abandoned. Uh, right. You know, what does that show, do you think, about uh, normal civility? <laughs> well, it's, it's Trump's attempt to be civil. It's an attempt, and it doesn't really work. Uh-huh. Uh, look, he has a noted record of saying terrible and sexist things about women, not just about her. I mean, we, we can cite numerous examples. Now, I suppose to his followers, it'll show, oh, look, he's trying to be nice to her. Uh, I think to everyone else, it, it, it comes off, frankly, as patronizing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I want you to be very happy. I mean, good Lord, what is this, uh, a middle school dance? <laughs> right. You know, uh, you know, she's her last role was as Secretary of State. Obviously, one should know you address her as Secretary Clinton. If Donald Trump had been a governor or a senator, he'd say Governor Trump, Senator Trump. But he has no political experience, uh, you know, in terms of serving in office. So Mr. Trump is fine. Or I suppose Donald, if, if, if she wanted to. Uh, and even then, I have mixed feelings about doing that. So, again, I, you know, it was an attempt at, at being civil. Again, for for the undecideds and people who really don't like Trump, it's it's just not going to help. Uh, in, in that first clip, also, I don't know if anyone caught it, but it had another uh, hallmark of what's being discussed. Uh, uh, and I don't know whether it'll be known someday as Sniffgate, but um, <laughs> there is the discussion, and there's been a lot of talk about his constant sniffing um and that was illustrated in that clip that we played um i saw uh, one of the uh, um, uh, quick viewpoints that came out last night um someone you know I, again i can't i can't remember exactly where i where i read it at but uh, somebody was saying um asked if he had a drug problem um obviously tongue-in-cheek i think with that um but there was um a lot of is that that the off-camera face i guess was talked about um uh, and his sniffing and his sneering and the way that he looked. Um, how, how do you think he did off camera besides these little elementary school things he was doing on camera, like the Secretary Clinton thing? I, I really don't think he helped this case very much off camera either. I really don't. You did not see somebody who came off as genuine or warm uh, or even with a, could produce a good smile that I saw. <laughs> now, maybe there's images of him doing that fine. Um, so, no, I, I, I can't say that, you know, frankly, I've seen Trump perform it. He was far better in the Republican debate. Right. Um, much better. Uh, you know, and obviously it's one of the reasons why he's where he is now. Um, so I, I just, I think his overall demeanor, again, would probably rate a D minus to an F. You know, I don't want to just sit here and, 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 and pound down on him, but that's... Right. That's what, you know, my take was, along with, I think, a lot of other people. Yeah, and, then, you know, there was a distinction made earlier, and I think it's been hammered home by, you know, Trump's campaign and a lot of others about, you know, how he defeated 16 other candidates. But, you know, I, you know one of the things we had discussed several times was whether that um, was to his advantage or not. And I think that's one of the things that this one-on-one debate kind of showed, is that, you know, if he goes up against... Um, you know, a sober candidate, even, you know, you want to say, you know, Jeb, um, even Mike Huckabee, if you re- would really want to at that time, if, you know, if he, if he, if he threw his hat in the ring this time, um, if he went up against somebody like that, uh, even Marco Rubio, even though I think he's a little too young to kind of deal with that. Um, but if he would have went one-on-one, it would have been a different situation. And his performance Absolutely. in previous debates 
was kind of based upon you need to just keep your name out there or and keep talking and keep doing the things like you just said went wrong and you know you didn't get it right or no that's a lie or or I do not do that I mean that works when you're when you're battling with ten other eight other people and it it doesn't seem to work nearly as well and and it, and it comes across that whole thing of whether he's presidential or not um, so right it's correct no 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 go ahead no just Trump thrives in an arena yeah. And, and those GOP debates were also, I would say, were not the most uh, calm uh, types of, of events, and they had a, a somewhat ruly atmosphere. So, yes, that was all to his benefit. But now, you know, now this is serious stuff. You know, now he's vying to be leader of the free world, and there are different standards for that. I don't care who it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and he's so far, and again, we're just at the first debate. Who knows what could happen at the next ones, but... Again, he, he failed the test. And, you know, speaking to that, um, you know, the next clip I wanted to play was a little bit more extended. It's about a three-minute clip, but I think it's important for us to play it here. And it's and yeah. it's one of those things about uh, talking to what you were just mentioning about uh, foreign policy, the ability to really govern. Um, and it really stood out to me when he first had said it about, you know, even throwing on more, more logs onto the fire on this anti-NATO thing. Um, right. And saying that there wasn't a fight on terrorism. So let's play this long extended clip here and then and then okay. let's talk about what kind of happened. How do we prevent attacks? How do we protect our people? And I think we've got to have an intelligence surge where we are looking for every scrap of information. I was so proud of law enforcement in New York, in Uh, Minnesota, in New Jersey, you know, they responded so quickly, so professionally to the attacks uh, that occurred by Rahami, and they brought him down. And we may find out more information because he is still alive, which may prove to be an intelligence uh, benefit. So we've got to do everything we can to vacuum up intelligence from Europe, from the Middle East. That means we've got to work more closely with our allies. And that's something that Donald has been very dismissive of. We're working with NATO, the longest military alliance in the history of the world, to really turn our attention to terrorism. We're working with our friends in the Middle East, many of which, as you know, are Muslim-majority nations. Donald has consistently insulted Muslims abroad, Muslims at home, when we need to be cooperating with Muslim nations and with the American Muslim community. They're on the front lines. They can provide information to us that we might not get anywhere else. They need to have close working cooperation with law enforcement in these communities, not be alienated and pushed away, uh, as some of uh, Donald's rhetoric, unfortunately, has uh, led to. Mr. Oh, well, I'd have to respond. Please respond. The, uh, The secretary said very strongly about working with. We've been working with them for many years. And we have the greatest mess anyone's ever seen. You look at the Middle East, it's a total mess, under your direction to a large extent. But you look at the Middle East, you started the Iran deal, that's another beauty, where you have a country that was ready to fall. I mean, they were doing so badly, they were choking on the sanctions, and now they're going to be actually probably a major power at some point pretty soon, the way they're going. But when you look at NATO, I was asked on a major show, what do you think of NATO? Now, you have to understand, I'm a business person did really well, but I have common sense. And I said, well, I'll tell you, I haven't given lots of thought to NATO, but two things. 
Number one, the 28 countries of NATO, many of them aren't paying their fair share. Number two, and that bothers me because we should be, yes, we're defending them and they should at least be paying us what they're supposed to be paying by treaty and contract. And number two, I said, and very strongly, NATO could be obsolete because, and I was very strong on this, and it was actually covered very accurately in the New York Times, which is unusual for the New York Times, to be honest. But I said, they do not focus on terror. And I was very strong, and I said it numerous times, and about four months ago, I read on the front page of the Wall Street Journal that NATO is opening up a major terror division, and I think that's great. And I think we should get, because we pay approximately 73% of the cost of NATO, it's a lot of money to protect other people, but I'm all for NATO, but I said they have to focus on terror also, and they're going to do that, and that was Believe me, I'm sure I'm not going to get credit for it, but that was largely because of what I was saying and my criticism of NATO. I think we have to get NATO to go into the Middle East with us in addition to surrounding nations, and we have to knock the hell out of ISIS, and we have to do it fast. How do... Well, what ended up happening there, I think, with that discussion, Karen... um, is that that's an insult to our military, I think, mm. and uh, all the efforts, you know, the very brave efforts they've made at combating this, this terrible force. Uh, and, and the NATO comment is just outrageous as far as I'm concerned for a myriad of reasons. I can't even imagine right now what our closest allies, the U.K., Germany, France, uh, and other NATO countries must be thinking. Uh, NATO has been an incredibly important part of, of this country's foreign policy. And, and for all its problems, uh, certainly hasn't been an, an important bulwark against, uh, you know, sort of a revised uh, Russian foreign policy, uh, among other things. Yeah, and I, and it's, it's a known fact that Vladimir Putin would love nothing better than to see NATO dissolved, which, you know, for the life of me, I just don't understand why someone would want to see, would want to do anything that helps Vladimir Putin. And that, frankly, sure, approach just kind of what comes off as an errand boy there, to be honest. Yeah, and the first thing that really caught my mind was the fact that we know that Afghanistan, uh, the whole operation that's done there was done under the aegis of, of, of NATO. Um, Correct. So, you know, you, you're, you're talking about that they don't do anything on terror, but that's what we turn to. When we couldn't really get a coalition right away, um, we just went to our friends at NATO, and everybody signed up, and that's where they are, and they've been fighting there with us for how long now? Um, for, you know, going on 20 years, I mean, for, when you add in other conflicts such as Kosovo and, mm-hmm. and a few others. And, of course, with NATO, if one goes to war, they all go to war. And I, I use that a little bit in a generalization. Um, you know, but any type of military operation, it's all in or not. Right. That is how NATO works. Right. Uh, you know, and no one would deny there are problems with the organization. And you know, Europe right now, let's face it, with the European Union, this has not been a good year for the EU. But this kind of talk, I think, for, for, even from a U.S. military standpoint, just is not responsible. It just isn't. No, it's not, and 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 it's and it's just patently wrong. I think, and that's where that that aside, yes, when a, you know Trump gets a lot of things wrong, but certainly NATO is one of them. Yeah, and you know, it's 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 one of those bits that I think can be uh, discouraging. I mean, I, 
you know, we like to think that we're on top of things, but we're also not running for president. So, you know, when I make a mistake, when I'm writing something, you know, it's not very a good thing, you know, and, 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 and we want to make sure we keep our integrity and we work very hard at doing so. But it's a different right. game to play when you're a president. Um, the, the, the results are a lot more serious. And when you don't even understand that or you're playing some sort of, I'm not a, uh, a, a, a global errand boy uh, for NATO um, to, to a base that wants to hear things like that, um, basically substitute the UN for NATO. Um, and it's the well, same I, talk we've been hearing for, for 30, 40 years. rhetoric that most of us look at now is archaic and, and just not relevant to what's going on in the modern world. And I, I think Trump's comments on NATO are somewhat in that category. Uh, let's go to, um, the discussion that trimping, uh, Trump, <laughs> I think I just created a new nickname for the man, uh, Trump and Clinton, um, had on the U S nuclear policy, uh, on U S nuclear policy and the Iran deal. Um, again, right. kind of an extended clip, but this is kind of what we wanted to do. So, um, to kind of get some of these words put in, um, with some discussion afterwards. America on nuclear weapons. President Obama reportedly considered changing the nation's long-standing policy on first use. Do you support the current policy? Mr. Trump, you have two minutes on that. Well, I have to say that, uh, you know, for what Secretary Clinton was saying about nuclear with Russia, she's very cavalier in the way she talks about various countries. But Russia has been expanding. They're, they have a much newer capability than we do. We have not been uh, updating from the new standpoint. I looked the other night, I was seeing B-52s. They're old enough that your your father, your grandfather could be flying them. Uh, we are not we are not keeping up with other countries. I would like everybody to end it, just get rid of it, uh, but I would certainly not do first strike. I think that once the nuclear alternative happens, it's over. At the same time, we have to be prepared. I can't take anything off the table. Because you look at some of these countries, you look at North Korea, uh, we're doing nothing there. China should solve that problem for us. China should go into North Korea. China is, is totally powerful as it relates to North Korea. And by the way, another one powerful is the worst deal I think I've ever seen negotiated that you started is the Iran deal. Iran is one of their biggest trading partners. Iran has power over North Korea. And when they made that horrible deal with Iran, they should have included the fact that they do something with respect to North Korea. And they should have done something with respect to Yemen and all these other places. And when asked to Secretary Kerry, why didn't you do that? Why didn't you do add other things into the deal? One of the great giveaways of all time, of all time, including $400 million in cash. Nobody's ever seen that before. That turned out to be wrong. It was actually $1.7 billion in cash. Obviously, I guess, for the hostages, it certainly looks that way. So you say to yourself, why didn't they make the right deal? This is one of the worst deals ever made by any country in history. The so one of the worst deals ever made by any country you know, in history. Uh, again, his comments, and I, again, I, I just don't want to look like I'm taking a mallet here and bashing this man. <laughs> but that, there were just so many things that were wrong with that comment of his uh and first of all north korea had no relevance to the iranian deal even if the two countries who are you know let's face it 
nobody loves the governments of either, all right? It's sure. Like, it is what it is. They're there. And, of course, you know, I, now I hate to bring up ancient history. We have to deal with the terrible regime in Iran because of what we did some 60 years ago, for anybody who wishes to research that. I'm sorry, sure. but there it is. Right. Uh, at any rate, um, again, the two have nothing to do with each other. Furthermore, the Iranian deal involved working with Germany, with France, with the United Kingdom. These are countries that are closer to Iran and also have a pretty good understanding of what uh, they're dealing with. So, the, you know, the U.S. just didn't go this alone. It went in with our, its European partners. Um, How about uh, China should it, invade North Korea? How about that? Well, again, that, that in itself is just, you listen to that, and, and I did, I, it, you can't... Just your jaw, you have to stop your jaw from hitting the floor. I, I don't think, as bad as North Korea is, and again, it's terrible. The government is terrible. That has nothing to do with the poor people there. But I don't think anybody wants to see China invade North Korea. In fact, I don't think the Chinese government, for all of its, you know, kind of uh, blustering on certain foreign policy issues in, in terms of its rivalry with the U.S., I don't think the Chinese want to do that either. I mean, China has been working on other levels to to help North Korea or at least tamp down on uh, Kim Jong Un. Um, so that just that just that's something that's just pulled out of air from the air. I guess it just makes no sense. Yeah, and, and uh, South None Korea. Whatsoever. South Korea, for the first time, uh, issued a statement um, uh, clarifying uh, their positions and what's going on um, during a presidential race because they just thought that it was so um, uh, egregious and wrong. And so, you know, absolutely. And and for South Korea, I would think the government there knows just a little bit more than Donald Trump does about this. And I, 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 I've even heard some of those bellicose. Uh, military types in this country ever call for any such thing. It, the idea is insane. And again, uh, it's trying to invade North Korea, it's you know that's just that will come to a bad end. And, and if it's just not something you do. No, well, yeah. I mean, let's uh, incite two nuclear powers to fight. Um, uh, kind of a bad exactly. idea. Exactly. It's, um, it's an absolutely horrifying idea. Uh, and going to the Iran deal and the cash again. Um, if anyone goes to investigate that, that it was money we seized um, mm-hmm. when the uh, embassy was taken over, um, and so we owed them that money. Uh, um, you know, whether we like money. it or not, like them or not, it was. You know, right. it kind of seemed like Trump was jealous he didn't get a plane full of cash. <laughs> well, again, Iran also has no legitimate banking connections. Again, because right, we've cut them off, right. and for good reason. Right. So, yes, the cash had to be given to them. Yes, it looks a little, you know, is it the most uh, formal way? No. But it, the reality is that's how it had to be done because Iran doesn't have a bank that we can access in which to put it. Sure, right. And it was Iran's money. Right. And I... Again, nobody likes the Iranian government, but all the tough talk in the world isn't going to change what the mullahs do. Yeah, I, I, I think diplomacy and some negotiation might help. They're a and sovereign nation. Recall, yeah. You know, whether you like right. them or not, they're a sovereign nation, and they have the right to absolutely do what they like to and do, whether whether it's good for you know good or bad, and that's one of the reasons why um, nuclear deterrence is there. But before we go, let's hear Correct. what 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 um, what. Mrs. Clinton had as a response to that statement that we mm-hmm. just heard. Let's let's yeah. let's hear the last two minutes in her response. Yeah. 
deal with Iran will lead to nuclear problems. All they have to do is sit back 10 years, and they don't have to do you're, much, you're and they're going to end up fire. getting nuclear. I met with Bibi Netanyahu the other day. Believe me, he is Donald not Donald wouldn't be camera. quiet right away. Right. Here we go. Well, here we go. Here we go. Let me, let, me, let me start by saying words matter. Words matter when you run for president, and they really matter when you are president. And I want to reassure our allies in Japan and South Korea and elsewhere that we have mutual defense treaties and we will honor them. It is essential that America's word be good. And so I know that this campaign has caused some questioning and some worries on the part of many leaders across the globe. I've talked with a number of them. Uh, but I want to, on behalf of myself, and I think on behalf of a majority of the American people, say that, you know, our word is good. It's also important that we look at the entire global situation. There's no doubt that we have other problems with Iran, but personally, I'd rather deal with the other problems having put that lid on their nuclear program than still to be facing that. And Donald never tells you what he would do. Would he have started a war? Would he have bombed Iran? If he's going to criticize a deal that has been very successful in giving us access to Iranian facilities that we never had before, then he should tell us what his alternative would be. But it's like his plan to defeat ISIS. He says it's a secret plan, but the only secret is that he has no plan. So we need to be more precise in how Ouch. we talk about these issues. People around the world follow our presidential campaigns so closely, trying to get hints about what we will do. Can they rely on us? Are we going to lead the world with strength and in accordance with our values? That's what I intend to do. Well, um, she went presidential on his ass, if you want to put it that way. <laughs> It was a firm and strong response. Um, it, it was one of her better moments, for sure. Yeah, you know, she even had a zinger there, uh, which yeah, I think... Yes, she did. <laughs> she did, and, and Mrs. Clinton is known as somebody who's not always... Uh, you know, she's known as being very funny in private, but we rarely see that in her public persona. Um, you know, but she, she, she did, like I said, she tossed off a few really good singers. The only one that Trump had... To me, was that he said, well, she's been in office for 30 years and nothing nothing has changed, although some of that is a bit, you know, it's kind of a red herring because, she, you know, she wasn't always in public office, per se. She wasn't in an elected office, so you know, how much effect she could have had on certain policies, that would have been nil, cause it, it, even as first lady. But nevertheless, I suppose, it, it you know, for his supporters and maybe for a few who are leaning towards him, it, it was a good line. Yeah, and you know, nothing you know surprises me about the American electorate necessarily, oh, and including including um, the seeming uh, assumption that has been made is that at somehow or another a United States president can end terrorism. Um, number one hmm. um, can also. I don't think um, Donald Reagan did that either. I don't think any of them have been able to do that. Last I checked. Well, I mean, it's it's just it's it, you know it's not it's kind of like saying you know you're going to end uh, cancer. You know, it's it's like you know to a certain level. And I don't want to equate terrorism to cancer, although you could probably make that argument. But I think the point sure. is is that you know sometimes 
things are made to be controlled and things are not so simple that you're going to, you know, because one person says, I'm going to defeat them and bomb them, you know, and we know, uh, you know, when, when you get to be older, I remember that they were talking about it being an old issue when I was a child and, you know, I'm near and 50. So, you know, and as we know, the, it was a, it was a different environment. Um, it was really before there was any sort of radical kind of ideas coming out of the Middle East um, was when they were still a, basically a tribal collection. And, and, right. and that was done in a different way. So there's been elements that have evolved into what is now terrorism, has been building since, I guess, Muhammad in, in certain ways, but then it changed when it became this international thing and people cared about those lands for oil it became a different thing. And we know that it's there. Um, there. But I just don't know that there's a solution or that people find that there can be one candidate whose policy is going to either get rid of it at all. You know, that no, it's even there, a possibility. You, you, you summed it up quite nicely, that there is not an easy answer. And I, I think Mrs. Clinton you know, approaches that with a far more realistic uh, far more realistic suggestions about what we can do with the understanding is, look, it, it's not going to be sunshine and rainbows for the Middle East or anywhere else. Mm. Uh, and, and Trump, of course, as we know, during his convention speech, I alone can fix these problems. Uh, you know, some of the greatest Republican presidents would never say such a thing. Ronald Reagan would never say such a thing. Or, or Teddy Roosevelt or Dwight Eisenhower or even George W. Bush. It never said anything quite as arrogant yeah, Whatever you know, all those men's flaws may have been well enough. Sure. And, you know, and I think so. a big point with the Ronald Reagan thing and the Donald Trump thing is how they are, you know, and I, I, this doesn't really relate to this conversation, but I want to say it nevertheless just to get right. it out there is that, you know, they talk about Trump staying on script and his inability to do so. When he, when, when he can, he's great. Um, you know, that's what some people think. But that's all that Reagan was. He couldn't go off script. And, and that's a fundamental Correct. difference is that when Trump feels most comfortable is when he's off script. And when Reagan right. felt most comfortable was obviously on script. Um, and, yeah. and, and so those two things, you know, he's, he really was an actor playing a politician. And, 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 and Trump is a businessman playing an actor playing a politician. Um, <laughs> well, and whatever Ronald Reagan's flaws, he was a decent man who did have legitimate governing experience. And oh yeah, sorry, right. Donald he did. He, he did hold an so, office, right? There you go. <laughs> yeah. it's, there, there's no comparison, and it's I think insulting to the former president for anyone to even. And I, I'm not talking about you, but to make that comparison between the two. Yeah, so. it's 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 it, it it is definitely a difference. Um, besides talking just about our policies, it's about you know the way the men hold themselves and the way that they campaign. Um, fundamentally, right. the nuts and bolts of their politics are, are, are completely different. And Ronald Reagan, again, despite some of his bellicose rhetoric, and, and it was ill-advised, but he often did, he stressed optimism, you know, he was good at addressing people's hopes and their fears. Trump, frankly, he seems to be good at doing only the latter, mm -hmm. at, from what I've seen. Okay. So, hey. again, there's no comparison. All right. We have a little bit of a smaller clip here, but I kind of want to take us to this yeah. next thing. which was kind of sort of an extension of what we've been talking about already, but it's uh, it's about Trump's cavalier attitude on the nuclear threat. Um, so right. let's, let's, let's listen to that. And in yeah. fact, his cavalier attitude about nuclear weapons is so deeply troubling. That is the number one threat we face in the world, and it becomes particularly 
threatening if terrorists ever get their hands on any nuclear material. So a man who can be provoked by a tweet should not have his fingers anywhere near the nuclear codes as far as I think anyone with any sense about this should be concerned. That line's getting a little bit old, I must say. Listen, it's a good one, though. I, I would like to, well no, describes the problem. Not a, it's not an accurate one at all. It's not an accurate one. So I just <laughs> want to give a lot of things and just to respond. I agree with her on one thing. The single greatest problem the world has is nuclear armament, nuclear weapons. Not global warming like you think and your, your president thinks. Nuclear is the single greatest threat. So, uh, global warming is not the greatest threat nuclear is. Now, we all can understand, I think, that, you know, uh, a nuclear war basically ends everything. So, I guess you don't really have to really worry. It's the end of the world as we know it, obviously. So, you you know, you don't have to worry Um, about global warming when there's nuclear winter, right? I mean, uh... Well, the two, I mean, for him to just, just casually dismiss climate change, which, again, I, I am someone personally, I believe it's happening. Do I necessarily see it as this apocalyptic type of scenario? No. But there's no question it's a problem. And for, you know, Trump has called it a hoax. So. I yeah, we don't have that clip. But, but. conversation go from there? I mean, it's. It's yeah, yeah, we don't have that clip um, ready, but he he did he did uh, dispute the fact that that Clinton said that he that he said that it was a Chinese conspiracy, global warming, um, and you know the fact check and the tweet is still very much active where he actually tweeted it out. Um, so, um, you know, I mean, there's gotta be, I mean, unless somebody hijacked his account and he hasn't gotten around to getting rid of it, um, you'd figure that, um, he actually did tweet it. Right. I mean, I mean, how, how, how else can we fact, (laughs) I mean, how else can we fact check that one? Um, you know, again, I, I'd heard only recently about it. Um, but again, if the tweet's out there, it's out there and, and, uh, if, if that's the case, Trump looks pretty silly denying it. Uh, well, you know, I mean, it wasn't the, it wasn't the only one that that uh, uh, that 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 he just kind of related that was true but not true um i you know i think we've talked about a few a few facts that 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 he basically was just denying um altogether um i i really thought he went off the rails at some point um discussing cybersecurity and i don't know if you remember that part. i did hear it yes um it but, was again not a good moment for him just not a good moment <laughs> uh you know, he definitely was. He seemed almost to be stammering. Now, I can't. I can't say that. Um, it, it, you know, they both seemed like they were people that were um, in their seventies somewhere, talking about computers and hacking and the internets. Um, but you know, they. You know, so they didn't seem like they were on their. They're on the on the you know the right part, or there wasn't that they were on a playing field that they kind of understood uh, what was going on. But uh, yeah, I would agree with that. You know, but Trump seemed yeah. to waffle definitely a little bit more, I think. And, and hopefully we can, we, we can hear some of it here. Sure. Yeah, behind it? I, I, I do it? want to say that I was just endorsed and more are coming next week. It'll be over 200 
admirals, many of them are here, admirals and generals endorsed me to lead this country. Uh, that just happened, and many more are coming. And I'm very proud of it. Uh, in addition, I was just endorsed by ICE. They've never endorsed anybody before on immigration. Uh, I was just endorsed by ICE. I was just recently endorsed 16,500 Border Patrol agents. So when uh, Secretary Clinton talks about this, I mean, I'll take the admirals and I'll take the generals any day over the political hacks that I see that have led our country so brilliantly over the last 10 years with their knowledge, okay? Because look at the mess that we're in. Look at the mess that we're in. As far as the cyber, I agree to parts of what Secretary Clinton said. Uh, we should be better than anybody else, and perhaps we're not. I don't think anybody knows it was Russia that broke into the DNC. She's saying Russia, 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 but I don't... Maybe it was. I mean, it could be Russia, but it could also be China. It could also be lots of other people. It also could be somebody sitting on their bed that weighs 400 pounds, okay? <laughs> you don't know who broke in to DNC, but what did we learn with DNC? We learned that Bernie Sanders was taken advantage of by your people by Debbie Wasserman Schultz. Look what happened to her. But Bernie Sanders was taken advantage of. That's what we lose. Now, whether that was Russia, whether that was China, whether it was another country, we don't know. Because the truth is, under President Obama, we've lost control of things that we used to have control over. We came in with the internet, we came up with the internet, and I think Secretary Clinton and myself would agree very much when you look at what ISIS is doing with the internet, they're beating us at our own game, ISIS. So we have to get very, very tough on cyber and cyber warfare. Uh, it, is a, it is a huge problem. I have a son. He's 10 years old. He has computers. He is so good with these computers. It's unbelievable. The security aspect of cyber is very, very tough. And maybe it's, it's hardly doable. But I will say we are not doing the job we should be doing. But that's true throughout our whole governmental society we have so many things that we have to do better lester and certainly cyber is one of them our next so cyber is one of the things yes we have to do better uh, <laughs> uh you know i mean I, i'm sorry that i you know i, I kind of lost it on you know if you heard it or if anybody else heard it that i kind of you know you you, you you happen to giggle a little bit talking about his 10 year old um, does incredible things on the computer. Um, so maybe it's his 10-year-old his that uh, broke into the DNC. Well, I'm sure their son is a very bright young man. That does not mean he understands cybersecurity, nor is, are his skills relevant at all to this issue. It would be like Mrs. Clinton mentioning, uh, well, her grandchildren are far too young, but that her grandchildren were savvy on a computer. That, that's, that's nice, but that has nothing to do with the problem at hand. Well, you know, I think, we came... I think Trump was just trying to make it, per, you know, personalize it a little bit and humanize himself. But uh, again, without sounding like a broken record here, he, he just didn't succeed. Um, I liked I liked how he referred to um, um, the situation as the cyber. Um, we have to do better with the cyber. Um, <laughs> uh, in the in... band, I haven't heard of. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, you know, and and really. It, 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 it's horrible that you start getting away from it, but I know that as, as things progress and the more I listen to it, the more um, it just becomes troubling. Um, we started the, that, that, that last clip started off saying that he was endorsed by ICE. 
um, which... He was endorsed by a union, not the governmental agency, which he should have clarified. Government agencies cannot endorse anyone. So good, you know, yeah, he got the union's endorsement, and that, that isn't a surprise, I, I suppose, given... You know, somewhat of the political dynamics around those who are enforcing immigration. Well, and you know, and, and you know, and again, but, I mean, I want to add on to that. Should have clarified that. I want to add on to that point that who do you think? What union do you think all of these people would need to join if Trump's deportation policy gets in effect? <laughs> That's a good question. I I have no idea. You know, um, um, you it's, know endorsements. <laughs> from unions, period. I mean, yes, they carry weight with the members, be it Democrat or Republican. Is that going to sway an electorate? No. And the other point I wanted to make about the ICE comment was, for the informed people, uninformed people of the electorate, um, did did Donald Trump just say he got uh, endorsed by frozen water? Because anyone (laughs) who doesn't understand that ICE means, it doesn't mean immigration's customs enforcement. It means frozen water. <laughs> I got bad, endorsed by ICE, he I'll said. I'll make a bad joke and say the frozen uh, movie fan crowd, they may like that one. <laughs> uh, yeah, really. I mean, I was thinking if my my son, who I'm, I I intend to show him these debates, but, um, uh, last, but last night wasn't the time to do so um, because we, you know, a- anyway, the podcast crowd doesn't need to know. But, um, you know, it's a school night. Um if I would have shown it to him, I know he would have said that to me, like, frozen water just endorsed this man, Dad? And that, you know, thinking about it from a father's, um, you know, aspect, and also from, like, we talk about uh, how you can kind of say certain things to an uninformed electorate and they don't understand the difference. Like, we were talking about NATO earlier. Um, well, right, those same that, things are yeah, there. Yeah, that's up to each and every voter and then to, to go ahead and research it and look into it more and see what it's really about. Uh, that's something that candidates at the end of the day or, upon, you know, whatever they may want, they don't have control over. So. Yeah, it uh, it was definitely one of those moments, that that little bit there um, where he seemed to really um, kind of lose it, you know, um, talking about trying to go into the DNC hack, uh, saying that, it, you know, you say it's Russia, you know, I don't know that it's Russia, Russia, everybody's saying Russia, 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 you know, it's like, you well, know. and right, and I have to say, what's interesting to me, this is a man who about a month and a half ago boasted that Russia should be hacking Hillary Clinton's right, account, right. correct? Basically encouraging espionage, more or less, Unless, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, well, I mean, um, I would is, say so. Which is why his sudden concern over this, just to, it rings hollow. It it, it it was definitely that a point a tipping point I thought in the debate a little bit. Um Yes. I would say so. You know, there was there was those moments where 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 when 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 he started talking about the cyber, um uh, talking about his his, his, <laughs> his you know, his child, um it, it was definitely um a different a different moment. I I can't see I couldn't see Mitt Romney doing that, John McCain doing that, Bob Dole doing that. Um, even, even George Bush, I mean, uh, you know, you know, W, um, you know, he at least would have, you know, laughed it off and if, if, if he would have felt like he didn't get it, um, you know, but Trump is always trying to prove that, 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 that he has everything and he wins. Um, and so I think it, it kind of opens it up a little bit. Um, let's see what, 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 what we can get here on a, on a clip on, um, on race relations. I don't know if we have the exact bit that I want to talk about. And if not, um, I'll just kind of throw that in there later. But 
let's go and hear Trump, I think, speak here on uh, race relations and policing. Okay. Two minutes. How do you heal the divide? Well, first of all, Secretary Clinton doesn't want to use a couple of words, and that's law and order. And we need law and order. If we don't have it, we're not going to have a country. And when I look at what's going on in Charlotte, a city I love, a city where I have investments, when I look at what's going on throughout various parts of our country, whether it's, I mean, I can just keep naming them all day long. We need law and order in our country. And I just got today uh, the, as you know, the endorsement of the Fraternal Order of Police. We just uh, just came in. Uh, we have endorsements from, I think, almost every police group. Very, I mean, a large percentage of them in the United States. Uh, we have a situation where we have uh, our inner cities, African-Americans, Hispanics, are living in hell because it's so dangerous. You walk down the street, you get shot. In Chicago, they've had thousands of shootings, thousands, since January 1st. Thousands of shootings. And I'm saying, where is this? Is this a war-torn country? What are we doing? And we have to stop the violence. We have to bring back law and order. In a place like Chicago, where thousands of people have been killed, thousands over the last number of years. In fact, almost 4,000 have been killed since Barack Obama became president. Over four, almost 4,000 people in Chicago have been killed. We have to bring back law and order. Now, whether or not in a place like Chicago you do stop and frisk, which worked very well, Mayor Giuliani is here, it worked very well in New York, it brought the crime rate way down. But you take the gun away from criminals that shouldn't be having it. We have gangs roaming the street, and in many cases, they're illegally here, illegal immigrants, and they have guns, and they shoot people. And we have to be very strong, and we have to be very vigilant. We have to, be, we have to know what we're doing. Right now, our police, in many cases, are afraid to do anything. We have to protect our inner cities because African-American communities are being decimated your, by crime. Your two, decimated. Minutes is, your two minutes is expired, but I do. So, I guess law and order is the solution to the situations that create shootings in inner cities. And Again, it, it, it's just a complete gloss over of what has really led to some of these problems, uh, which, you know, Trump is good at doing. And it's also interesting, given that Hillary Clinton supposedly, according to some on the, the more militant left, is to blame for the whole uh, crime bill of the 90s. That mm -hmm. many would say today really did not achieve its goals as it should have. But I'm pretty certain, and, and, and I, I might be wrong, but I suspect Donald Trump happily supported that. Uh, so I, I think this idea that somehow Clinton is cavalier about crime, that, that just doesn't wash. Right. Or, you know, that we don't have the clip up, but but what she was basically talking about, you have to respect both sides. And I think there has to be, and, and as we know how this whole system works, it is a relationship between those being governed and those who are doing the governing. And yeah. there has to be that back and forth. Right. Um, there well, has, I wouldn't disagree at all. You know, and, 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 that's not necessarily a, an unhealthy thing. Um, but as you mentioned, even the crime bill was not passed in a vacuum. There's not, 
this is not, you know, we don't live in, you know, a, a world where it's, you know, Machiavellian. Um, you don't have a prince that was not Clinton. Um, he didn't, he didn't write these crime bills in a, in a vacuum. Um, all these things were done because of the problems that existed at the time. You know, and I think right. if, it was a different era. It was a different situation. Um, and you have to make deals know, could, in politics. Right. Absolutely. I, I just I think if his attempt is to somehow use the Nixonian law and order as a campaign theme, I, I, I you know, it's not 1968 anymore. You know, I'm sure it'll, his, his stands will eat that up. But I, I just think in terms of really resonating with the general voting public, no. Um, he he also uh, uh, Donald Trump also went to the avenue of um, Mrs. Clinton's looks. Um, All right, he had said recently she did not look presidential. Now I don't, you know, you don't have to read between the lines to know what that means. Mm-hmm. And what does that mean? Is read well, between the lines for me. She is an older woman, and or even that she's a woman. It's why Trump, even if he has a slight lead in the polls right now, is still not doing well with female female voters as a whole. Now, was and, it? Do you think it was I, more I think on? It was the, pretty obvious. So you do but, think it was more about that she's a woman or that she's not healthy? Well, he, you know, I, or I, both. I think it's, it's that as well. That because she had the bout of pneumonia, and that caused quite a stir earlier in the month, uh, and it certainly hurt her. There's no question about that uh, with voters. Um, but I, I, I think it's part of it, but given Trump's overall record in history, for most people, they're just, they're going to think he's a, he's just referring to her gender and possibly her appearance. Hmm. All right. Um, lastly, let's, uh, let's get to our final clip and, um, it's what we, uh, had talked about previously on, on, on some of our earlier podcasts, his, his uh, debunking the results of the election or kind of poo-pooing what's going to happen uh, down the line, if, especially if he loses. Um, and so I want to go to that one. And then, because um, it was also a very odd setup that he had, I think. I don't think he started it off. He, he basically was talking about other things. And then, and then he wrapped it up with a, a, a kind of sideways endorsement of, of what the result will be here. And we'll play the right. clip. Practically nothing. One of you will not win this election. So my final question to you tonight, are you willing to accept the outcome as the will of the voters? Secretary Clinton? Well, I support our democracy. And uh, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Uh, but I uh, certainly uh, will support the outcome of this election. Uh, and I know Donald's trying very hard to plant doubts about it, but I hope the people out there understand this election's really up to you. It's not about us so much as it is about you and your families and the kind of country and future you want. So I sure hope you will get out and vote as though your future depended on it, because I think it does. Mr. Trump, very quickly, the same question. Will you accept the outcome as the will of the voters? I want to make America great again. We are a nation that is seriously troubled. We're losing our jobs. People are pouring in to our country. The other day, we were deporting 800 people. And perhaps they passed the wrong button. They pressed the wrong button. Or perhaps, worse than that, it was corruption. But these people that we were going to deport for good reason ended up becoming citizens. Ended up 
becoming citizens. And it was 800, and now it turns out it might be 1,800, and they don't even know. So look, here's the story. I want to make America great again. I'm going to be able to do it. I don't believe Hillary will. The answer is, if she wins, I will absolutely support her. All right. Well, that is what... I, I just have to chuckle. Forgive me, John. No. Because he could have ended this on a high note. He, but he made it once again all about him. And, and and frankly, what I think also is Trump knew he'd blown it. He knew. He knew he'd done a terrible job. So this was sort of a Hail Mary attempt to throw in one more pitch. And I suppose, yes, he deserves credit for saying, I'll absolutely support her. We'll see if he stands by that should she win on November 8th. Um, but Clinton's response was diplomatic, and she was smart to say to the voter, look, again, this is about you. It's not about me. Just think about what you're you're doing. Um, so she, she walked a, a pretty good line on that. Yeah, you know, it's... Trump just... You know, it's very difficult and it's, it's, it's hard to watch. I mean, I've, you know, you know, we've, we've both covered local politics. And when we talk about local right. politics, I mean, you know, yeah, I've seen, I've seen Bill Clinton, I've, you know, shaken his hand. He's come to Phoenix and, you know, I've, I've been there, I've seen all these big politicians, McCain, Palin, whoever, you know, just the list right. is long, Right. Then even you go down to the local politics we've covered, city council, mayor. I it's it's been rare that I've seen a performance like Trump gave, even if you're talking about a, a, a city council election. Um, you know, people right. with that kind of anger and and uh, not answering the right questions or throwing other things about. Now, you know, no one likes that statement that he might have said that that you know people they were going to throw out ended up becoming. You know, indoctrinate, indoctrinated. I don't know how that happens. I hadn't followed that story. I still haven't had a chance to fact check it and see what was going on. Um, but at the same time, what do you do? Period. About all of these people that are here, and you know, as a large bureaucracy, things are going to happen. And and where does that go? And how you talked about say, staying focused. Um, so you're asked a question about whether you're going to support the election, and then you're talking about people who were made citizens when they weren't supposed to. And it's just, it just kind of, you know, it's, a, it's like not even just the tenor. It's how can you answer a question not so on the question and think that you've left a good impression? Because it, it kind of left me just like, right. like, like almost confused. Like I felt like... Like somebody asked me something and then slapped me upside the head and then I didn't know what they said. Like, you know, almost like, didn't he, didn't he ask about, you know, and then all, finally he said, oh yeah, I support her. And I was like, oh yeah, he did. You know, like, I thought Which maybe I missed it. he should have just answered in the first place. Or he could have made a statement similar to Mrs. Clinton and, 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 and she, you know, had a, she had some good cause to call out Trump for making claims that this election is going to be rigged. Um... But again, she basically kept it on. Yes, I'll, you know, I'll, I mean, she didn't say she'd support him, which I suppose she probably wouldn't be too thrilled about it, but she said she would accept the outcome of the election. Uh, yeah, so but I, I mean, you know, know, I mean. I, I would say her answer overall was solid, if not, you know, maybe the perfect ending. But again, she had a much better night than he did. Whether that's going to help her in the polls, like that remains to be seen. 
But, she, you know, it's, it's like Mitt Romney in the first debate four years ago. She won it hands down. You know, like we had we had discussed previously, though, the, the difference between Romney and Trump is, is like night well, and day. Romney had legitimate governing experience and, and did a very good job that night. Trump, you know, clearly didn't. Yeah, and you know, you know, we had talked about what what might be coming up, um, the next two debates uh, amongst these two. Uh, you know, there was some 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 talk last night that, that 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 Trump just might drop out of the debates at this point, but we probably know that that's not going to happen. Um, I, I suspect there'd be too much pressure on him from his campaign people. They know that how disastrous that would be. Yeah, you can't, you can't, you can't um, flop. So, which I think the general premise even among those who still will support him regardless because they just vote republican um the premise right. is is that he that he lost the debate even amongst those oh, people yeah. and yeah. and so if you if you step back and say you're not going to do anymore after uh, after that kind of shellacking then it's it, it looks even worse and and so yeah he's got to right. go again um you know i think the you know the pence and kane debate will be just as interesting i think because you know what right. can pence go out on the limb on and not feel like he's going to get recriminated. Um, you know, how, how can Pence step out, um, and, and say what he wants, um, and, and not even make his own presidential candidate. Like if he sounds too wonkish, he makes Trump look that he can't handle it. I think is that he shows that he's not fit because he doesn't have a mastery of the, uh, of the topics. Um, you know, right. so and, I think there's a danger for, there. You know, getting whatever his drawbacks. He's a, a very good speaker, and you know, he he knows a thing or two about being in this arena. So yeah, as does Tim Kaine. Mm. So I think we're going to have a much more evenly matched uh, debate. And and one and that, also, there... might very well, you know, he might very well win that one. Like I, it remains to be seen. Yeah, but, well, you know, know in respect and... to Tim Kaine, who's no slouch either. As I just right, said. and well, and also what I'm getting at though is is that if Pence looks. Um, like a typical candidate, does that hurt Trump? Um, it could. It could. It, it just depends. I suspect he's going to be spending some of his time if the moderators ask the questions. I think they're going to defending uh, Trump. So yeah, yeah, it's just it's going to be interesting to see how he responds. I mean, well, that's what they're there to do. They're there to lift up their bosses, defend them from attacks, and you know make the case. Um, I, I think, frankly, Pence comes in with a much bigger burden than Kane does. Yeah. At this point. Uh, and the early talk also has been what Trump has said is that he's going to hit harder and be more aggressive next time. Well, um, and you is know, he, he is very he, well do that. Is he, you know, asking for it I, at that again, point? I will say this as a female, just looking at the female vote. If he starts going after Clinton for what things her husband did, i.e., having affairs, blah blah blah. And especially given Trump's own personal life is not exactly chaste. Uh, I, yeah, that just—I I just think that's a losing battle for him. I'm—I'm I'm just wondering what his advisors are telling him on that because, and I think most Americans really don't care anymore about Bill Clinton's personal dalliances. They know all about it. We've been through it. He got impeached for it in part. So I, I just, you know, I don't. I think there are other things Trump could go after Clinton on that would be far more effective. This is just going to be red meat thrown to the face that hates her anyway. Uh, it's you know, I just don't, you know, and that's just not going to be that effective in getting undecided voters, in my opinion. 
uh, more must-see TV, I think, we're going to have coming up here with the rest of these <laughs> yeah, presidential debates. Perhaps more drinking games. We'll see. <laughs> you know, if, if he... Uh, I think, you know, a good drinking game with Trump might be, I've done a very good job. Um, uh, very <laughs> successful. You know, uh, or if he starts saying crooked Hillary or bigly or one of the other odd usage, uh, odd words he uses. So there could be many things. I suppose for Clinton there could be too. Sure. Um, we, are, we, we will have a lot more to talk about coming up. And uh, kind of want to preview where we're going to go. <laughs> You know, you know, politics-wise on the Modern Times podcast, I think, um, you know, we had already talked about our next, um, you know, topic or two. We really want to kind of get into the Penzone, our PIO campaign coming up. Right, um, right. And we're gonna, in Arizona for sure. Yeah, and we're going to have a debate of our own. Um, and maybe we can kind of do some of the same thing um, on their uh, Kirkpatrick-McCain debate. They finally decided to debate. So um, cool. hopefully we can sort of break that down um, like we did this debate. Um, for our for our Arizona listeners um, at that time, um, I think that would be an interesting one. I, I, I as far as I know so far, that's going to be a closed debate. It's not going to have a crowd, um, which I think is a little bit detrimental. But we'll find out when more details mm. come out. Um, but it for sure will be online and available for everyone to see. So I'm uh, looking forward to a really exciting last uh, uh, four to six weeks here. Um, Yes. that we have in this campaign well, Karen thanks a lot for, for, for chatting Thank with you me this morning um, you know talk to you next week on the Modern Times podcast thanks everyone for joining us yeah thank you bye Karen bye